Welcome to the BA Podcast, where we give you no-nonsense arguments, mixed with a load of nonsense from my brother over here. This is where we talk about all things pertaining to life, like sports, outdoors, theology, you name it. Also, where we show you Christ is the center of all. Yeah, whether you like it or not. I'm your host, Jordan. And I'm your co-host, Zach. Today's show is about arguing. We'll cover what it is. Is it good? Bad? And in a culture where arguments end with attacking someone's character or ending relationships, should we even attempt to argue? And can it be glorifying to God? Zach, you make me sound so much more intelligent when I listen to your thoughts on this. It doesn't take much. I enjoy our subject today, Zach. It's about arguing. Ah, well, how would you know? I do too. Yeah, you love arguing. It's not really arguing as much as it is explaining why I'm right. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Except when I'm right. Which has happened. So I was reading the news yesterday. That's news to me. <laughs> and I found a article I thought was actually pretty funny and applicable. Mm-hmm. Basically how not to argue. So some dude in Pennsylvania, the, you know, they just had a giant snowstorm this last week. Right? Kind of like the whole country did. Yeah. So some dude in Pennsylvania got mad because his two neighbors, husband and wife, were shoveling their driveway. Or their parking spots, whatever. Okay. I don't know. Which you Something should, like you that. should do. Yeah. Yeah. But they were pushing it across the road and throwing it into this guy's this guy's yard. Right. That seems like a reasonable place to put it to me. Where, where else? Where, where else do you put it? I would it? be pissed if you shoveled your snow across the road and threw it into my yard. Well, that's because you're a bad neighbor. No, that's just dumb. Why? I'm just saying, so okay. What else only, are you supposed to put in yard? The only way I could see this being a good thing is if they didn't have a yard or anywhere to put it. But why not just throw it in the road? So, so they take it, plow it they take it from their driveway into yeah. their neighbor's yard. Yeah, but they push it all the way across the road, then throw it in the yard. Oh, it's, it's their neighbor across the street? Okay, but here's the thing. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like their, yeah, yeah, yeah. their next door so, neighbor and they're just no, no, throwing no, no, it no. right into they the yard. They pushed it all the way across the road and threw it in his yard. So that tells me something. They must have had, <laughs> they must have been doing that for a reason. Which I found out they were feuding before nah, any of this happened. That sounds okay. about right. Yeah. Well, anyways, man and wife doing this to this guy. Well, he got pissed and he came outside and told them to, you know what? Oh. You know, f off. Oh, that's uh. Apparently, he getting straight to the point. A lot right of there. other expletives as well. Are and we allowed to use expletives on this show? No. Dang it. Yeah. It's family friendly. Family, family, family. Speak much? Yeah. Anyways, they exchanged some nice words. Some pleasantries. And he went back in his house and got a gun and came out and shot him. (laughs) What? Then (laughs) he ran out of bullets, so he went back in his house, (laughs) got another gun, (laughs) brought it out, shot him again. (laughs) So he's shooting their dead bodies at this point. (laughs) That is one messed up. Wait, there's no better way to, to win an argument. I mean, they they didn't have a Just counter argument. That's trigger. for sure. <laughs> well, oh man, this is a sad story because he ended up deciding to shoot himself too. So, jeez, dude. What kind of news do you read? This is just <laughs> trash. I mean, just set the mood, why don't you? Well, I guess you? my point is that this is not how you have an argument. I mean, that's fair. It's a also, very, very it one-sided worth, argument. Is it worth arguing over some snow? I don't know. I mean, it's in his yard. What was? Did you, did you find out what the actual feud was about? Or? No, I couldn't find out. Yeah, they, obviously they had been feuding before this about mm-hmm. something, and so this just catapulted into 
something much larger. Maybe maybe the feud it escalated quickly. Maybe the feud was about how many bullets he could fire and what amount of time. No, no, I highly doubt it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but if someone's willing to shovel snow all the way across the road and then throw it in your yard, they must have That's really, some commitment. I don't even like shoveling really it. Like this guy. Just like two feet off my driveway into my yard. Well, that's what I understand is why don't you just throw it in the road? Then the city's going to plow it anyways. Well, they right back into your driveway because they don't use gates. They, they weren't feuding with the city. Anyways, that's not how to have an argument, but definitely how you win an argument. <laughs> <laughs> just to eliminate the other uh, side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're going to go for it, why would you settle for just intellectually defeating someone? Right. I mean, brings up a good point. I mean, our podcast is titled Arguing, so you'd think that we might have something to say on this too. Arguing's good. Arguing's good. Oh, there's one for you. Not all arguing. Why is it good? It seems to lead to getting shot. Only when you argue with me. I mean, I would shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're saying I should only argue with unarmed people basically mm, how should should we should we start a rabbit trail already right off the top no okay never mind i don't then. think so never mind then so arguing that's why we're here today zach let's do it um yeah i think i would agree with you that arguing is a good thing but but what do you mean by arguing because i i think that has some very negative connotations after all i mean well yeah i, just mean, look I, at the news. I think it yeah i think especially within the church atmosphere and especially in this day and age the term arguing kind of has a bad connotation to it. I think that when people talk about arguing, um, what comes to mind is like a potster or a troublemaker, right? If you yeah. argue with people, you know, you're a rabble rouser, you're incendiary. Yeah, you're not. You're bad. not. You're not promoting unity. Right. Like unity. Which, but sometimes that could be true about people. Sure. But sure. that kind of gets back to what are they arguing about and why are they doing it? I think argument within a specific context is a good thing. Do you mean, do you mean a formal debate when you say argue? Do you mean just, what, do you, what, do, you, what do you mean? Like, I don't it, think we're really just, talking about a formal debate here. I think we're just talking about everyday life with each other. Sure, sure. And I, and I think that it's important to define what we mean by arguing because because. I think, like I said, society Mr. society Mr. views it in a bad light, right? But what's the actual definition of arguing? Do you want me to read that for you? Yeah, I don't. So, I've never so the Merriam the Merriam Webster definition of argue is to give reasons for or against something, to contend or disagree in words, to give evidence of, to consider pros and cons of, to prove or try to prove by giving reasons. To persuade by giving reasons. At at what point does Mr. Webster say you bring out the guns? Oh, that was the second point. Oh, I yeah, that. I was going to yeah, say, yeah, I yeah. didn't, out, it didn't yeah, that sound was, like the that arguments was if we're all talking of about those here. failed, then you bring out the guns. Oh, that's the last resort? Yeah. That's not the first thing you yeah. go to? Yeah. Oh. Well, so anyways, like, based just on that definition, let's put all the all preconceived notions aside of what society views arguing as right just based on that definition does that sound like arguing is a bad thing i wouldn't say so i think that it can be i mean how often do you know that people look up the definition of words it's more of 
what they feel like or what their experience has been. And I think a lot of people have had bad experiences with arguments. Yeah. Well, there in is general. bad argument yeah. too. Yeah. But I think if we stick to that definition in our argument, then it sure. should be a good thing, right? Sure. Yeah. I, I like to just sum it up as like a healthy disagreement with someone where it can be a discussion or it's not really the formal debate type thing. It's not, it's not attacking another person. It's just a healthy discussion from either differing viewpoints or better understand your own viewpoint. I agree. Um, arguing, good arguing doesn't equal belligerence or truculence, trusulence. Those are truculence. words I have no idea what they're Trucellence? Trucellence? I think it's truculence. You can't just make things up to sound it's important truculence. here. Is that how you win arguments? You just make up words yeah. to sound smart? Remember that word, I bet you like a million push-ups? Uh, you lost that, I that could... bet. Well, yeah, but the story is... <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. I made that bet saying that I could spell that word right. What was that word? But here's the thing. We didn't have cell service, so there's no way for us to look it up. No, we looked it up later. I was right. <laughs> I don't remember the word, the spelling, or anything. All I remember is I was right. I don't remember. And I don't think it was a million Tru push-ups. Truculence. I think, it was, I think it was a billion. It's truculence. Is that like succulent? But, no. But for trucks? No. Truculence is a synonym <laughs> of belligerence. It means that Which means... <laughs> it means that you're aggressive, right? Thank you. It's a bad atmosphere disposition. Okay. So so good arguing is not that. I, I would agree with that. I, I don't like what anyone... So so screaming and yelling at me is not a good argument. That seems ridiculous. That How else am I supposed to get my point across? <laughs> the, with a gun. The, the, <laughs> the louder I yell, the more emphasis I put on my point. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. There's a direct correlation. We could do a chart about this. It's like a flow chart. So... So good argument versus bad argument. What do you think the Bible has to say about that? About good arguing or bad arguing? Yeah. Well, I, I know it's not silent about it. That's for sure. I think that... Oh, well, let's take, for instance, 2 Timothy 2.14. Okay. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive mm -hmm. about words to no profit to the ruin of the hearers. Well, that sounds like it's saying you shouldn't argue. But it's, uh, it doesn't say that you can't strive about words it just says don't strive about words to no profit so we shouldn't argue about business no that's the wrong definition oh. of profit oh my bad so you're saying the emphasis there isn't on not arguing yes but what you're arguing about Useless the, the arguing. content of your argument what Useless if arguing. what if someone were to say arguments are useless so you can't have an argument without it being useless or arguing that about useless That doesn't things. work. Why not? Because it just doesn't work. Oh, okay. Just because you say it doesn't work? Well, because if you say a point and then say that it's an absolute and there's no way you can discuss it without it being an argument. Well, I'm saying, I'm saying I, I could understand how someone might say that arguing itself is useless because most of them don't convince anyone it just leads to hurt feelings saying things you shouldn't all right and... so i think you're getting into the line of when does an argument become no longer a good argument okay but what if someone's sure and what if someone's experience has always been bad with arguments uh or disagreements arguing does have a much more negative connotation than than disagreements <laughs> and so they come to the conclusion well our all arguments must be bad and so the best thing to do is to avoid them 
I also think there's a difference between arguing over petty things and and having healthy debates, arguments sure. over valuable, important things. Sure. And I think that the whole point is to learn and grow. Because a good argument is also you listening to the other person, not just forcing your point across. Yeah, that's fair. I think I think that's one of the hardest things even I've struggled with in arguments is listening to the other person's argument to actually understand their argument versus listening right. to arguing, it to just formulate a response to it. Right. Arguing with a desire to learn, I say, would be a prerequisite. Hmm. Because if you have no if knows if you have no desire to learn or possibly change your viewpoints if your arguments if you realize it's wrong, then what's the point of arguing in the first place? Because you're arguing from a well, standpoint well, to, of I'm always going to win and to never be right, lose. yeah, to win. Yeah, so I think a prerequisite <laughs> of a good argument would be the fact that you're willing to learn if something sure. is there to be learned. Sure. Although I would I would say to be to be clear or to defend truth. Sure. I, I would say, though, that I don't think, I think sometimes people conflate or confuse arguing from a humility standpoint, meaning like, I could be wrong, to not being strong in what they believe. I don't think you should come into something thinking you're wrong. You should know what you think. I agree. And think that you have the truth. Just be willing to hear an argument that might change that. And so, so one of the benefits, I think, of arguing or disagreeing with someone, talking to them, is that it challenges your point of view. And if you have truth, it'll withstand the challenge. Sure. And so avoiding arguing actually kind of puts you into an echo chamber where you're not hearing points of view that challenge it. That's, that's one of the good things about even heresies in the church. They've pushed the church, they've pushed theologians, pastors to actually, well, what do we believe about this and how do you refute it? And it, it, it right. guards against apathy. Well, in Acts 18, it says uh, that Jesus vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing them from scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. So Jesus was arguing, presenting an argument with reason, publicly refuting the Jews, right? He was standing on a foundation of truth in his argument. He wasn't there to have his mind changed by the Jews. He was there to prove them wrong. Sure, and that's that's a little bit more of a formal public debate, which I don't think is irrelevant to what we're talking about, but it isn't quite the same thing. Sure. Because I think what we're talking about is more on a personal level, like you and I disagree or something. Someone you meet, a coworker, um, you know, a classmate, something like that. Cause so the, I, I would say the principles still apply across both. But to just universally say all argument's bad, wouldn't fit basically. No, is what within you're a certain yeah. context, yeah. it's good. Yeah, I was more getting at what those contexts might be, and so I got I got one for you. Go ahead. What about Philippians two fourteen, which says, uh, "Do everything without complaining and disputing or arguing." It doesn't say only useless arguments. It just right off the top. Say it again. Do everything without complaining and disputing. Well, isn't a dispute different than an argument? Well, some translations say. Arguing, really? Yeah. I wonder if the root word is the same. Could be different. Because when I, like I said, I get back to connotations we think of. When I think of a dispute, I think of two people shooting each other over shoveling snow, not necessarily an actual <laughs> argument. Because there are different definitions of sure, argument sure. as well. Sure. And this is the classic pull something completely out of context too to to try to prove your point. 
Right. But, but you never do that. I've so. never done that. I don't even know a context where I have done that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what about what about when two people agree? How can two people that agree with each other still have a healthy argument about that subject? I think one of the, the best ways they can do that is is through several ways. One of them is, is someone playing the devil's advocate. I've uh, mainly been... I do that more now, but I remember when I was younger, there was a, a gentleman that I became good friends with, and he would always challenge me on my point of views. And I'd always go research stuff because I realized I didn't know what I was talking about more often than not. Um, and then I'd come back with my, my points, you know, to talk with him about. And then I'd come to find out later, he totally agreed with me. He was just pushing me to actually know what I understand. And later I, at first it drove me crazy to all end. I'm like, how could you think that? How could you believe that? And then I found to find out later he's, he doesn't. And I realized, I realized, well, he was playing the devil's advocate and he was doing it not just to be, you know, a a jerk about it. Cause I, I think this can be done wrong, but he was doing it to challenge and push me to improve my argument, to know what I believe and be able to support it. And I think that's one of the the benefits of pushing yourself and arguing. And so with friends, sometimes I'll just play the devil's advocate to see what they believe. Or if there's something that don't know a hundred percent what I think about it, I, I, I definitely have an opinion, but I don't know. When I talk to someone, I'll play the devil's advocate because even though it's not something I agree with, I want to know more how to defend what I believe. So I'll, I'll, I'll play the devil's advocate in that as well. I think it's important because that's one of the ways, I think one of the reasons people are, another bad thing about either arguing or getting into a disagreement with someone is they're afraid that they're going to be challenged on something they don't know anything about or asked a question they don't know the answer to. And they're going to have to say, I don't know. And I think that's scary to people. Right. But I think it's a good thing too because it it it'll push. I think you. devil's advocates become outdated. Yeah, I think I think it's become one of those terms that that people think of. For instance, when you go to say something and you say, "Well, I don't mean to be racist," and then you say it, you say, "I don't mean to be the devil's advocate," and then you say it. Why do they say that? They say that from a viewpoint that it's a bad thing, right? I think. Hmm. Think about the progression of electronics so to where we're at now with social media you think about like in the 90s where they had chat boards and forums things like that right yeah yeah those were utilized as something where people would play the devil's advocate non-stop right they would exhaust every angle of an argument to get to the root point right i think what it's become now is is things like social media of such so saturated the way people communicate with each other that it's become Hmm. a negative devil's advocates become a negative because to play the devil's advocate now you're labeled a troll right (laughs) you're you're just here to to cause problems so so you're saying it's getting into the what the bible warns about about the the useless disputing yeah to where to where you're just poking the bear instead of actually trying to learn something right if you if you try to play the devil's advocate in this day and age, you're, you're a bad person. You're a troll. You're just here to undermine our our ultimate cause, our goal. You're sure. just pretending to be one sure. of us just to cause problems, to sure. start a seed of mistruth, <laughs> right? And that gets back to what get be having a healthy argument because 
if you have that viewpoint, you never want your mind changed about anything. Sure. And, and I would, I would agree that you don't want to enter into useless disputes, but there, there's, there's ditches on either side of the road. So it's like walking the narrow path. You can go into the, to, to the side that argues about everything or the side that doesn't argue at all. And so everything I think can be used poorly and bad, even the devil's advocate. Right. And I, and I do, I would say that that one is one to use more carefully because especially when you're already talking about a disagreement or an argument, especially since those can go so bad and some people have had a lot of bad experiences with it, just playing the devil's advocate can sometimes just upset someone. And, and sometimes it's helpful to know you have common ground. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think that you can actually have a healthy argument with someone unless you're both on the same page about what a healthy argument is. Because if, if one side wants to have the debate to learn and to grow and to possibly not only grow themselves but the other person but then the other person just views it as you being contentious and they take it as an offense or they just don't want to be challenged or they don't want to say something that offends you yeah then you can't have that argument because you don't have two sides that are willing to so you're saying you almost need a a bit of a personal relationship with someone first I, I think the healthiest least, arguments are done with people who are personal. and Some of the most unhealthy ones are, too. That's true, yeah. Because the more I but know I about say, you, the more I can hurt you when I argue with you. <laughs> you can't hurt me. It was that the, the sticks and stones may break my bones, but words yeah, will never hurt me. Yeah, that's such a load of that's crap. That's why he brought the gun out. That's such a load of crap. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the Bible says that the tongue hurts. I mean, that's the, that's the worst part sure. of your body. Yeah. Yeah, and and if you think of things that, not that, you, you know, physical abuse or something like that doesn't traumatically affect someone, but, but you talk a lot about people's, like, ego or self-esteem or something like that, they'll remember things people said negatively to them much more than they'll remember something positive said. Or I would say it's also a sign of a, of a healthy relationship, a healthy church, a healthy group, whatever. If you are having good arguments and debates, that's, because if that's, that's non-existent, then I would say that they're in a bad place because either they've they've totally given up and they don't care about anyone, or they just aren't um, willing to to grow. Sure. I, well, and I think that 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 can be tied back into God because um, one of the terms is, can your God contradict you? Right. And and what's that? What that's getting at is. You look at your life, what you're doing. Can your God contradict you? Tell you you're doing something wrong, something you don't agree with. And if he can't, then you you know you've got a God of your own making. You don't have a healthy relationship, you, you could say, with God. And I think that applies then into personal relationships. So think uh, your spouse, you know, your good friends. If you don't have people that can contradict you, it's kind of like the same thing of you've got a God of your own making. You've got like robot as another person basically you've got a pet you don't have a relationship it's someone that can contradict you so that right. not everything is on your terms and so to a certain degree like you talk about marriage there's now don't take all this and just run with it and think oh that means i can disagree say everything i want be divisive you know as the bible saying but but if you can't if your spouse can't disagree with you if you guys don't have some fights that's bad as well because that shows that one of you has turned the other person into a robot. One of you is uh, controlling the other person. You don't have a healthy relationship in a sense. I, I would say that's one reason that they that 
I would say that's one reason. Yeah. If, if you and your spouse who are supposed to be intimate don't have arguments, I would say that that one reason is because one of the other of you is is abusive or overbearing. Sure. Controlling. Sure. Controlling the. And I and I love giving you know marriage advice because I've been married a long time. I read a blog post that I thought was really good pertaining to arguments within a marriage. It said that you must care enough to argue. One of the worst feelings in the world is not caring enough to communicate mm. your frustrations, letdowns, and needs. Couples and friends who don't care enough to argue are probably close to giving up. Yeah. thought that was really good. It's, that was written it's almost, by Shane Pruitt. Almost more of a sign of indifference than, than caring about someone. Even in there, and this gets back to how arguing can be done poorly, I think a lot of people's goal and tactic in their arguments is to just shut down the other person. And so, one, I would also argue that that's not an <laughs> argument in a sense. See what you did there. Yeah, you know, see the puns. Um, but because what your goal is, is you, it usually involves some sort of a fallacy where um, you're either undermining the other person or trying to get your point across somehow. And it's just to shut down the other person. It shuts down the, them, their side, so that way you can win the argument. And not that winning should not factor in, but winning shouldn't be the main goal. Yeah. I think not necessarily with just within a marriage, but in relationships in general, something that's really frustrating for me is I enjoy having healthy debates, healthy conversations, yeah. arguments, if you will, about topics, especially relating to too. what's that? You enjoy losing them too. No, I don't. Oh. Well, you don't, but, you don't win. <laughs> maybe with you, because you never give up. You, you made me lose my train of thought. Oh, my bad, dude. Oh, I was just trying to shut you frustrating down. It frustrating <laughs> saying it's frustrating for me um, because I like to have relevant, healthy, good conversations about things like good pertaining, to, pertaining to the Bible, <laughs> doctrines of the Bible, you know, Jesus, that kind of stuff. Sports. And when I talk to... Outdoors. Life. True. Yes. All of it's that. Kind of related. Yeah. Yeah. But... Let's say specifically things about the Bible, okay? Let's focus on that. So something that's frustrating for me, especially when you talk to other Christians, quote, Christians, unquote. Now you got to be careful there. There's some shots fired. Yeah, I am. Oh, okay. So not literal shots, just to be, to clarify. It's frustrating because a lot of the people that I talk to about this who are professing Christians and I try to engage in conversation with, they just don't care. They, they yeah. just shut down. Yeah. You just ask, even just asking a basic question that might challenge them, right? And they just shut down. What, what, now, do you, what do you think the root of that is? What Like, what's driving that? Well, I think that I think that one of them would be just ignorance of the Bible, hmm. right? So, they, so they're ignorant on that topic, which, is, which blows me away because how can you know how to properly worship and, and follow God, right? How can you know how to apply biblical values to your life if you don't even have a knowledge basic knowledge of the what? gospel why of can't God, you just of the attributes why can't of... you just trust the leaders <laughs> that's a that's a uh, very dangerous uh, slope to be on there. Well, that's that's fair that's why we're not catholic that's why we're gonna start our own cult you guys can join up at uh wait we haven't started that yet bros cult bros cult.com yeah <laughs> no, that doesn't exist don't go don't there. go there oh. <laughs> But we should start a cult, by the way. But no, I think it. I think it's a couple of things. I think one reason is that people are ignorant of the Bible, which whether, I mean, that's a bad thing, right? If you're a Christian, are 
I was reading this morning with my kids in Second Peter, and he was saying that you add to your faith, that's right? Good you were reading in the New Testament. Why? Oh, because the Old Testament doesn't matter anymore. Oh, that's right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> the law is fulfilled. It's over. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You got it. I'm just proud of you, man. We just that's have it saying. there for the, that's all the, I'm saying. the good kid stories. That's all it is. We just cut out Psalms. No one cares about Psalms. We anymore. cut out quite a few. I mean, who yeah. reads Song of Solomon anymore? Wait, where was I? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think the reason that so many Christians don't want to discuss subjects like the Bible, of all things, heaven forbid you talk about the Bible and things in the well, Bible. it's an old archaic book. Is, it doesn't matter anymore. Well, okay, so that gets back to what do you believe is your ultimate authority in life? Sure. I mean, we believe that the Bible is the ultimate authority in our lives, right? But the Bible... Was... But not every Christian believes that. Well, yeah, because the Bible. Even if they say that they men. do, even if they say that they do, they probably they they might not, because they don't read it. Yeah. So how can you say that what is your ultimate authority is something you don't even read or study or apply to your life? It's yeah. no longer your ultimate authority. So I would say, the biggest reason people don't want to discuss it is they they fear the ignorance they know they have, and so they're afraid to engage in a discussion about something they don't I mean, know about because it makes them look I mean that's dumb. fair. I don't I don't go discuss brain surgery with someone. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, but I would uh, I guess I'm getting more at challenging Christians that they need to be studying the Bible. You're saying because you're saying because if you're a Christian and you don't want to talk about the Bible or debate or argue about doctrines in the Bible, that's a problem, right? What if your doctrine is kind of summed up as doctrine doesn't really matter though? But it does. Oh, okay. When you put it that way. Well, you can't get away from it. That's true. You, I mean, that's doctrine, a doctrine right there. It's inescapable, 100%. Saying 100%. you don't believe in doctrines is a doctrine. Yeah, so. which has implications for your life and how you're going to treat the Bible, how you're going to know. But it, it is inescapable in the sense that every Christian, like, how do you share Christ with someone if you don't know who Christ is? Is, is that a rhetorical question? Or No. No. Okay. No. That was a, that was a legitimate question. I only that's true. How can you legitimate question? How can you spread the gospel if you don't know the content of the gospel? Agreed. Yeah, and 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 the and content the gospel of it isn't is just, doctrine. Yeah, and the gospel isn't isn't just Jesus came died for you, and that's it. There's way more to it than that. There's a content to the gospel. Sure. Right. I mean, in some ways. In some ways, the gospel is incredibly simple. And in other ways, yeah. it's the most complex thing that you could spend your whole life studying. And I think we will spend much of eternity still studying right. it. You, you cut me off when I was talking about Second Peter, so I'm going to go back to that. I was that reading, doesn't sound like me at all. I was reading Second Peter oh, yeah, your with kids. my kids this morning. And you sure they're yours? It's the se- <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> it's, the second, it's the second portion, so... you. You know, you have the first couple verses that are opening Second Peter, basically just Paul's addressing his letter. Yeah. And then in the second part, he talks about things that you should be adding to your faith in Jesus, right? And it, they're ordered in that way for a reason. And the first one, I think it was the first one. It might have been the second one. But you should add to your faith knowledge. And I was talking to the kids about what does that mean? Knowledge of what? You just Google it. Yeah, that's what, well, that's what I was getting at is, does it mean that you have knowledge about, you know, how your toy car rolls down the floor? Do you have knowledge about sure. plants? 
you know, things like that. I don't, I don't think that's what it was. I think he was being very specific because if you yeah. read his whole list, what he's talking about is do you, is knowledge of God, right? Mm. Because his attributes he lists after that, like brotherly kindness, love, sure, he, those are impossible outside of God, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, on a on a surface level, you can say people love each other, right? Um, but what is love? You got to you got to define right it. or be, or brotherly kindness, which. Yeah which I think brotherly kindness is, is has a very narrow scope and it's talking about, you know, for instance, your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's, it's not just, it, it, it was very specific because he's, he's writing to a church, right? And so what I was talking to them about was none of this is possible without knowledge of God. So we should always be seeking yeah. knowledge of God. Yeah. And one of the ways of doing that is, is as Christians, having healthy arguments with other people or debates, argue sounds so bad, about... Things of the, the Bible. That's why I Bible. prefer explain to them why you're right. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Well, I mean, the beginning of wisdom is is the fear of the Lord. So, so what I was saying, right, is that it's frustrating to me when other Christians won't have any type of don't want to have a discussion with you about biblical things. Yeah. They just shut up. They yeah. shut down completely. Yeah. Or you try to engage and you push and you push and they just don't really interact with you okay yeah. that's you can't have a healthy argument at that point do you think that because neither of you want that's to... apathy where they're just they're comfortable where they're at and they don't think that there's really any need to sure grow? do you think sure like, like i, I, I guess that's getting be... back to where i feel like or i believe that <laughs> one reason for that is is ignorance of the bible right sure but why is that ignorance in existence is it because they just don't care is it because people feel feel like or believe that once you say the magic prayer and Jesus saves you, that that's all they have to do? They don't have to further their knowledge of Him. Yeah. Because how do we how do we know how to live like Christ? Right? How do we apply Christ's attributes to ourselves in our own lives if we don't yeah. know what those are? Yeah. If you think about it, God. If he exists, which if you're a Christian, you seem to have already settled that debate. But if God exists, he would be the most incredible, most awesome, most interesting, most important thing in your life that influences your life, who he is, how to please him, all those things. And then you find out that he wrote you a letter. It's a kind of a long letter that's really hard to get through sometimes, but he wrote you a letter. Like, why wouldn't you read that? Why wouldn't you want to know everything you possibly can about him? That that that's uh, John Piper one time put it that we we go through life like the equivalent of that is being on a plane and you're going over the most incredible view below you, and we spend the whole time playing a video game or something on our phone. Not that video games are bad. I love video games and they're cool. But the point being that, um, or Lewis talked about how we were like little children playing with mud pies that can't imagine what a holiday on the beach is like, that we're far too easily pleased. You know, it's, it's work, but knowing who God is and about him should be what excites us. It should be exciting. I mean, you get to know about God and he revealed himself in his word, in his son, why, why wouldn't that be the most exciting thing to do? Sure. And I, and I believe that... Right after I finish my video game. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you might glance up once in a while just to, yeah. to view it. Yeah. I mean, didn't they, didn't they do a, a, a Jesus video game where you can go around as Jesus and <laughs> heal people? I think they did. For real? Yeah, I think they did. Wow. I mean, 
It's like, I agree. God should have just sent us a movie. That would have been better. But he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So if it's a good enough book, they'll make it into Yeah, and to kind of tie it back to, to arguing, I think one of the ways that we can grow in our knowledge of God is having healthy arguments with other Christians, right? Because other and, people and have... And non-Christians. Sure, that too. And, but and, other people have different viewpoints, different ideas, different opinions, different, um, you know, uh, thoughts on... Yeah, different struggles, experiences. Yeah. And if you just try to figure it out, let's just say you are reading your Bible, but you're just trying to figure it out on your own. You're not getting into disagreements or reading anything that challenges you, contradicts you. One, how do you know you're right? Yeah, you're interpreting it mm-hmm. off from your own mind. Exactly. And there's the side to it that you're losing out on the benefit of everyone else's struggle. So one of the benefits of being at this point in history is we have the writings, not just in the Bible, but the writings of, of other theologians, other men and women in history who have struggled through things and come to a conclusion. So we can stand on their shoulders. We can dive into their stuff to better help us go through things. And the same is true of being in the community because you get into those disagreements, those relationships that will challenge you, will help you get where you're going faster and and with more all-encompassing clarity instead of just you, yourself, and your Bible. Or just you, yourself. (laughs) Right. Well, you might own the Bible, you just never open it. Or you only open it to Matthew and read the Mine work as bookends. The they kind of hold up all my other books. Because <laughs> they're, so, they're big so thick. thick. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> you wouldn't know. So do you think this is where Proverbs 27 comes in and it talks about, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend? Absolutely. Right? Because, because a dull knife is still a knife, right? A dull Christian is still a Christian. But it's dull. It's useless. You can't use it. It's not effective. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 100%. And I think that that's why... Is the context of that specifically talking about men, too? Isn't it? Isn't it in the context? Uh, I'd have to pull it up real quick. Yeah. Because I think that's some of the context, too. And I think that that's one of the things men especially need, is other men to challenge them. Because what you're getting at is that that's what keeps you sharp. It's it's like anything in life. Um, if you work out regularly, you'll stay fit. But if you don't, you become flabby and fat like me. Yeah, I wasn't going to say that, but um, another reason. You were thinking Another it. reason. It's a good thing this was audio only. You were thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that happens when you have kids. But but it's, it's, it's how God made us, that if you don't actively do something, you grow apathetic. You grow dull, like you're saying in there. And... And I think so. That's one of the reasons it's important to challenge yourself, because I like to be mentally challenged. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, I could. That's low hanging. No, I'm trying to look up Proverbs 17 here because oh. I lost it on my computer. But yeah. Usually. Um. Wait, was it Proverbs 17 or Proverbs 27? Um, 27. I was looking up Proverbs 17. That does not helpful at all. Pretty sure it's. Proverbs 35. So I like, I don't know if it's you that said this. Probably was. I like, yeah, because you're so Wait, wise. unless this is bad, then it wasn't me at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, because getting back to, you know, iron sharpens iron. It doesn't say that butter sharpens iron, right? I do like my some butter. So though. a soft, <laughs> so a soft, weak, you know, uh, argument, idea, I guess. 
You're saying it's that not going the, to... the argument needs to be strong for it to be iron sharpening iron, too. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm 100%. saying. 100%. That way you can cut through butter. Well, anything can cut through butter. It's just whether you're smashing it or cutting it. Anything? Well, what... Can we test this? Besides butter. You can't cut butter with butter. Well, there's something. You know what you just This spoke is a useless in? argument. This so is not just a useless argument, but you used a fallacy there. No, I didn't. Yeah. Oh. You used an overgeneralization. You said anything could cut through butter. Almost anything. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta put a caveat in there. <laughs> that is that is something we need to get into though, is going hand in hand with people not wanting to argue or being afraid of arguing or viewing it as a bad thing. And I have to say I'm guilty well, yeah, of this so too. They're wait, also wait, really bad go, at it. Before you do that, let me get back because okay. when you, I was you talking about, your I was talking about being frustrated when people, especially Christians, I've found that non-Christians are much more willing to have a debate and argument you about know, Christianity. You know something else? Than actual Christians, they know are. more about it too. That's true. Yeah. And they can tell because, you, even if there's misconceptions, they, they're yeah. way more open to it. Yeah. And that's sad, man. And like I was saying, I think one of the reasons would be ignorance of the Bible. Oh, you totally lost my train of thought now. Not bad. Try thinking of something else, and it'll come back to you instantly. Think, yeah, think of unicorns and butterflies. Did, did you get it? No. You, you weren't thinking what? hard enough. Don't think about elephants. It's a dirty trick. <laughs> don't like that. It's like pastors saying, um, one of the signs of Oh, of I not thought of it. So it. my second thing was tying it back into argument was basically that not only because they're ignorant, but also because of the bad connotation on arguing. And so many people think that arguing completely is wrong. Like across the board, there's no good arguments at all. And we just have that ingrained in our mind. Because what do you tell your kids growing up, right? Don't argue. Stop arguing. Be quiet. Don't talk to your brother like that. Stop arguing, right? That's what I tell my kids. But too. all of those are usually petty arguments or sinful arguments or or arguments that are in a context that are that are unhealthy. Or they're right? being so loud so, you can't play your video game. <laughs> <laughs> so we're being told from a very young age growing up that arguing is bad, arguing is bad, arguing is bad. And then there's so much in the Bible about about bad arguing, right? Strife. Uh, you also so, have you also have an example being set by the parents, and oftentimes they're arguing as well. And sure. I think that that does two things. One, it also gives a bad example of arguing because a lot of that's sinful as well. And so you either have two reactions to it where you, you say arguing is bad or you have your own bad arguments just continue on. So I think, I think not just are they told arguing is bad, but they're also shown that arguing is bad. Right, exactly. So I think there's, I think there's a, a couple of reasons why Christians especially are so afraid to engage other people. And it doesn't have to be something you disagree on like we talked about you can yeah. engage a brother or a sister by playing the devil's advocate or just bringing up opposing viewpoints which i guess is the devil's advocate <laughs> and and accomplish but, a goal of a good argument but if it's called because the devil's advocate, because it contests isn't that just a negative connotation right there like true like we don't want the government, the the devil and things, the government too. Well, the devil's advocate is a term that came about, I think, in like the 1600s, where the the Roman Catholics Do you actually, actually know this. Yeah, you the just Roman pulling this out of your butt. No, I found this out. The okay. Roman the Roman Catholics. I think it was in the 1600s. Don't hold me to that. But they actually created an office with a person, and their whole job was to examine 
this is the definition here. Examine critically the evidence on which a demand for beautification or canonization rests. And that's where the term devil's advocate came from. Wait, so... But we use it now as a... Wait, can we you use explain it now, any of that to me? What does that even mean? Uh, basically, because that right, they have to determine whether something can be canonized. Or... or like uh, in the Bible? Or something You're talking can about the canon of the Bible? Yeah. Um, or... or or they have to determine whether someone can be a saint or not. So they, they would like all challenge the everything yes. to actually make sure it's true. Right. Which is a good thing. It too. wasn't just because because the... you go to you go to John um, one, like in 45 and 46 is when um, Philip goes to Nathaniel and he tells him that they found the Messiah, basically uh, Jesus of Nazareth. And Philip responds with, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Right, like, and which is a good. Everyone knew that the Messiah is coming out of Bethlehem, and so he asked this question. It's a valid question. Could anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip basically is like, I don't know, <laughs> which is something people need to one be willing to say is I don't know. If you don't know, or you just pull stuff out of your butt like I do, but say I don't know. But when he also says come and see, so he says come and investigate, come and look for yourself, come come and ask questions, come and challenge. And he comes to Jesus and then Jesus convinces him through things. So I think that's something that ties into what you're saying with yeah. the devil's advocate is people need to to come and see, come and look at the evidence, come and challenge it. And you can challenge it by playing the devil's advocate apparently. Right, right. Because that's, that's how we use it now is basically presenting an opposing argument, right, for the sake of for the sake of discussion. It was in the 1700s, by the way. I was wrong, not the 1600s. Dude, last time I trust you about anything, you straight up lied to me. What? You said it was the 1600s. So there's actually various mentions in Vatican records dating from the 1500s of an informal role called the. I'm gonna totally screw this up. Diaboli advo advocatus, right? That sounds right to me, yeah. Which basically was the devil's advocate. Dude. There you go. History. Nailed it. What about bad arguments? What about them? I think that's the other, some of the other side of this coin of people, one, getting a negative impression of arguing is like their bad experience, but I think a lot of their bad experiences come from how people argue poorly. Because there's... Even though we're not talking about... Are you talking about like when people use fallacies that completely yeah. debunks a healthy argument? Well, or, yeah. Well, or I'm saying like down, not, I guess not, is a better... We're still not really talking about formal debate. We're talking about just arguing. But 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 fallacies, I guess, is just in general... You're looking for truth in an argument, right? And so fallacies undermine the truth because they are either false or contradictory or something. So so the, the fallacy that is most commonly used is the ad hominem fallacy, which is where you attack the other person's character. And that wins you the argument because one, you've undermined that other person, you've shut them down and you've discredited them by saying, you know, they're stupid. And I think that's the one of the most common ones. And so when you have a bad argument, not only is it not a good argument, but you have them where they actually win using these. And so people have bad experiences from arguments as well. Well, that's an argument you just have to walk away from, I feel like. Or call them out on it. Sure, but most people don't care. I, they have no I, idea what fallacies are. I don't think you're first, your first, which is why we're bringing you this podcast, because we're going to start teaching you about fallacies. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't think walking away should be your, just like shooting the guys putting 
snow into your yard shouldn't be your first step. I don't. Well, think... it wasn't. He came out and screamed obscenities first and gave them the that, middle finger. That always helps. That's not a good argument. That always helps. That's healthy. Well, yeah, but I'm saying that I don't think your first reaction too should be if someone's using a fallacy that you walk away. Because twofold. One. I think he should have walked away instead of shooting them with a gun. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We're talking about the point of view of the other people. You were talking about you. You've come to someone. You've made a case or something. You say. Um, you know, kombucha is good. And they say, well, you're an idiot. Well, they, they're right that, that kombucha is terrible and you're an idiot for drinking it. But isn't it kom- kombucha? Kombucha? Kombucha. That's what I said. Kombucha. I don't think you you even know what you're talking about right now. I do. You do? Well, yeah. you're dumb, so I'm See? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I should just walk <laughs> away right now. When you put it that way. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I, I think that what you should do is, and it's hard. It's really hard to recognize them because we've come, become accustomed to that being a good argument. Um, just think like politics, right? Politics are now is you just attack the other person's character and that wins you the argument. You think of some of the debates. They just talk about how bad the other person is. And and so instead of actually deb- debating the arguments or the what's actually going on, and so we've we've come to accu- accustomed to thinking that that's a good argument. It's just attacking someone's character or any number. And what happens is, is it, it when you talk about how we're trying to get to what objective truth is, what truth is through an argument, when you do these fallacies, what the fallacies do is it, it's like a magician. It starts pointing you somewhere else. Right. And so you, you're, you're not arguing the truth of something. So like, say you say someone's an idiot. What you're now talking about is their intelligence level, not their argument. So if I said anything that, you know, I already used kombucha. So water's good for you. And I said, well, you're an idiot. I didn't address your argument of whether water is good for you or not. We're not actually talking about that anymore. All right. I'm doing is discrediting you. And now we're talking about your intelligence. Sure. To be fair, there may be times where that could be relevant if you're actually an idiot, but it still shouldn't matter because the truth, even an idiot can be right about something. And so if you just dismiss it as someone being an idiot or whatever, you've now, you're no longer looking for truth anymore. Right. And it's, but it's an easy way to shut down the other person when you get back to how people go about it poorly or something. And I think, I think what people should do is... It could be in a funny way, just sarcastically be like, you know, that when you put it that way, you've convinced me, but, but they need to call that out and it can be difficult, but you need to say, no, that's just attacking my character. That's not helpful at all. That's not addressing my point at all. Yeah. I agree with you. I don't have an argument for that. That's because I'm always right. No, you're not always right. So should we wrap this up, Zach? I haven't been wrong yet. I think we've had a pretty good discussion here about yeah. arguments. Yeah, I think so too. I think that to kind of wrap it all up into a, a summation is that arguing has bad connotations, is done poorly, but and the Bible even warns about doing it poorly and the bad things right. with it, but that done right is healthy and that you need to have it. You need to have disagreements. You need to have people that can contradict you. You need to have that to have healthy relationships you need to have that to challenge your own beliefs, to know what you believe, whether it's truth, to seek truth. And that the Bible also commends that. And that yeah. we need to be wary of doing it wrong, but that yeah. it's good for you. It's actually really good that we should go out and talk to people, 
our friends and even people we don't I mean how can you witness with someone without getting into a discussion about something and they're going to yeah, have sure. questions they're going to have counterpoints and you need to be able to answer them yeah I think it's good you know to challenge people um, even if they don't want to interact with you on that sense um, I think it's kind of sad like I was saying that Christians uh, the, a lot of them not all of them I don't want to paint with too broad a brush but a lot of Christians just don't want to have any type of argument or debate about doctrines, even if yeah. you agree on the, yeah. if you, even if you agree on the, you know, the baseline principle, um, I think it's really good within a con- certain context and healthy and sharpens yeah. your senses. Um, definitely not only can challenge your beliefs, but, or it can instill them as truth even more in your mind. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think Do, that's would really you, good. So would you like a little bit of a free tip for you? What's your, your arguments? I think you would, be a lot more effective arguing if you just wore a paper bag over your head. <laughs> <laughs> can I have eye holes at least? Or or just a hole for my mouth so I can stick my tongue out at you? Okay. We'll compromise. And you could stick coffee in my it's mouth. It's a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I hate bad arguments. You know what else I hate? I hate shameless plugs by people of their own content. You know what? I was actually just thinking the same thing. I can't stand it. You you listen to a whole show. It's great content. And at the end, they just start telling you, go to this place. I'm so glad that we don't have anywhere to send people. Well, we do. Wait, what? Yeah. What? Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. We have actually a lot of places that people can find us. <sighs> so we're going to shamelessly plug ourselves? Yeah. All right. Brosargue.com. You can find us there. Also, subscribe to our podcast on Podbean. Or anywhere else that you listen to your podcast. We might be on there too. So, remember that you should go get into a disagreement with somebody. And, if you want to know that the best way to be sincere, courteous, nice, I might even say warm-hearted, to convey your point and to win, just say something like this. Jordan, my brother, you're an idiot. Anyways, that'll wrap us up. So, till next time, everyone, love God and go have a disagreement with somebody. Christians need to argue more. Boom.